Welcome to another episode of Walking with Wealth Managers. My name is Susie Bliss and I'm here with Mary Coughlin from Redmayne Bentley in Glasgow. Hi Mary. Hi Susie. Uh, it's quite a cold crisp day. It's a lovely crisp day. <laughs> I mean it's not raining so we're pretty sure. Exactly. So we've just uh, we met at Redmond Bentley's office on Blythewood Square, and we're just heading. Up. Where are we heading? We have come up the hill to an area called Garnet Hill, and at the moment we're just walking past the Glasgow School of Art, which is oh, wow. on our left, a very famous art building designed by Charles Rennie Macintosh. Wow. Now the reason it's covered in scaffolding is that they had a huge fire in there a couple of years ago. And there's oh a God. massive restoration job going on. But then behind us is the new art school where all the students are at the moment. Wow. So this is a superb area because yeah. student art exhibitions go on and end of term and end of year exhibitions yeah. and so on. So has this been being renovated for three years or it's still ongoing? It's still ongoing. It's, they're just trying to take it back to what it was originally, what the oh Macintosh God. design was. So it's just a and was loads of um, stuff from inside lost as well? Yeah. I think the inside of the building and a lot of important work is lost but they're doing a very very good restoration project allegedly yeah mm. wow well and uh, just there is the dental school so if you're not an art student you could be training to be a dentist okay this way. Um, hell. so because of that it's quite vibrant all yeah there's quite nice restaurants around here just a, a quieter part of the city so mary you're investment manager at redmond bentley um, but what we'd like to know is how you got to where you are today. How did it all start off? Did you always imagine you'd be doing what you do now when you started Absolutely thinking about it? <laughs> I started off, I studied science in university and got a PhD in biochemistry. Oh, wow. And did some postdoctoral research in biochemistry, autoimmunity, and so on. And worked at that for a few years and realised career in science is interesting but pretty difficult. Okay. So I just tried to find a, a way into financial services. Just take a left here. And um, very difficult to transition from being a scientist to working in finance. And eventually there was an American company called Ever Jones that were willing to take on people with no experience mm -hmm. but with qualifications and train us and uh, with them I went through all the financial advice exams and yep. all the stockbroking exams Wow! and um, kind of compressed training and then out working pretty soon after getting through the exams but they eventually went back to America and I worked with Charles Stanley in Edinburgh for a few mm -hmm. years which is great but then commuting from <laughs> north of Glasgow to Edinburgh was yeah, well, we were in the station this morning, it was pretty busy. Mm -hmm. There are thousands of people every day that commute between the two Doing cities. Between. Absolutely huge amount. Um, so how long just, were you at Charles Stanley? Um, just about three years at Charles mm -hmm. Stanley. And really enjoyed it. it was, they're a great company to work with. But um, just the commuting became an issue and then got an opportunity to move back to Glasgow. And here, here we are. I am for about three or four four years now. Okay, amazing. And so where, tell me, where were you studying? I studied in Ireland, in okay. Galway. Um, studied and did a huge amount of hill walking and, stuff <laughs> and so on. Um, and then came over here on a two-year work 
contract and met my husband and as I say 22 years here later, we are. here we are. Now I suppose moving from South, I don't know you can tell me if there is a similarity um, between kind of science and research that industry versus well, the wealth management <laughs> industry but we look out at the wealth management industry today and I think it's fair to say there uh, aren't many women working True. in the industry. Um, why do you think that the wealth management industry might be a bit further behind? Because you can look over at, uh, say, law, for example, and it seems as though it's slightly more equal there. What's your sort of take um, on that? I don't think it's unique to financial services. I think there's a good few industries where there's a, a major imbalance. Mm -hmm. I think the reason there's an imbalance in financial services is that there's a lot of sort of old boys networks still going on, a lot of jobs for the boys. Um, most, if not all, senior positions are held by men. And there is that just overlooking of females for promotion, but also getting them in at the entry level, which yes. is where the problem starts, and they're not encouraged to take the exams and move upwards. Um, and I think it's a massive loss to the industry that we don't have females, um, you know, in the equal distribution to males, because if you look at the distribution of people with assets to invest, um, <laughs> mind the poo. <laughs> um, half, of, uh, if I think it's more than half, are female. So you know, females want to work with females, and that's why there are a lot of female solicitors, a lot of female accountants, a lot of female GPs in particular, yep. but doctors in general. Why not in financial services? There is no reason. Why not? And there is nothing in the job that makes it more suited to males than females. And I think actually females are probably a little bit more suited to it. And yeah. that really better listeners probably a bit more empathic yeah. with our female clients. Yeah. What would you say to say another woman came to you and said, oh, I've been, I've been thinking about uh, doing my exams and getting up to speed and becoming a wealth manager or an investment manager or a financial advisor. What would you say to them? I would absolutely encourage them. Um, and I've done it already. One of the, the previous companies I worked with, the um, admin girl that was working with me, um, she wanted to improve herself. And I'd lost contact with her for a few years and I met her about six months ago and she had sat through all the financial advice exams. Right. And she's not qualified financial advisor, which I thought was super, Amazing, yeah. Really good. And um, our admin at the moment in the office, she's so keen to do exams and better herself and I really am trying to encourage her, her and encourage her as well um, because yeah. you have to find people somewhere and I think that's one place to find them but then I don't I'm not familiar with the education system here but the whole schools thing who goes into schools and speaks to people about the different career choices they take and the universities that needs to be opened up and, and I wholeheartedly agree I think I graduated three years ago from university but all the way through school and all the way through my degree at university I felt like the careers talks that we had and I'm sure maybe there perhaps was more access than I <laughs> utilised but it did seem fairly traditional so yeah, the kind yeah. of options that were open seemed that I thought were open to me were quite do you want to be uh, a doctor or, or a teacher and yeah, kind of fairly traditional yeah. and the I think having a degree or some kind of education, not just going straight into financial services, is probably a great help. So mm. if you had an accountancy degree, if you studied economics, if you had something that let you learn something about finance, even a business degree of some kind, you'd fly at financial services. Yeah. But you don't even need that. As a, a science graduate, 
having analytical skills, just being able to disseminate a load of different information, especially at a PhD, just being your own boss, managing your own time, which then reflects on how you manage your own client bank and your own business and manage portfolios and do research yeah. and so on. So it's any, all any kind of background would help. Yeah, probably. definitely. Um, so how many years have you been in financial services now? Is it um, probably 16, 17 years. Okay. And in that time, sticking on the topic of women in wealth management, has it, has it changed over that time? Have you seen a change as much as you'd like to see? <laughs> there has been no change. And I think actually, probably in a negative sense, there's probably fewer females, definitely fewer coming through. And the few of us that are here are hanging in. But that's interesting. There's just no volume of recruitment of females coming through at all. Yeah. Um, which, you know, there, there are guys, I go to investment meetings every week and every meeting I go to, there could be a dozen guys around the table, I could be the only female at that meeting. If there's 20 people at the meeting, there may be two or three females. Yes. So the proportions are just so out of kilter. In like that, how important then do you think uh, for a younger woman coming into the industry, it is to have a female role model or a mentor? I think absolutely indispensable. It, it just keeps them focused and keeps them going. Um, because I think men, very often, they don't mean to overlook giving a woman an opportunity or a, you know, a younger person come in. They don't mean to do it. They just don't see it as, as something that needs to be done or a, a, a shortcoming in the system. So yeah. I think having mentors and and role models is absolutely essential. There just aren't enough of us about it. Yeah. So it reflects on the client side as well. If you have some female clients, they appreciate having a female investment absolutely. manager. Absolutely. I have, I should have run the numbers, but I have a disproportionate of female clients. Oh, wow. Absolutely, yeah. And they refer each other. They, you know, the women, they, they talk in groups and their social circles yes, and so exactly. on. And they, I get referrals from, um, cli- from all clients, but... I have a lot of female referrals. Well, that's great. People have phoned up or emailed me from the website saying, you know, saw so you were a female. I want to deal with female. Really? Therefore, um, just getting in touch. Well, I've had that. I don't know how often it happens. Maybe one every couple of months or something. That's fantastic. Yeah. And it's probably the same with investment managers. Um, and again, why should a female not be a fund manager? There's no reason. Absolutely no reason not. This is, oh yeah, what, this, is my, this, this is why I love walking up here. First of all, to go past the art school and all the things that go on there. It's a pottery shop. I haven't had time to do classes here, but I do come in every so often and buy stuff here. Yeah, and it's just so colourful. It's amazing. So do you do you do anything? I do. Art I love do you do? Art stuff. Do you? Yeah. I go to an art class um, regularly and um, just do painting, drawing, yeah. ceramics. Um, and then I do sewing, um, upholstery, clothes making, that wow. kind of stuff. Just because I love that as well. Yeah, I think so it's I a creative, creative outlet. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Tell me, during the two thousand and eight crash, <laughs> can you remember the moment you found out that Lehman Brothers was collapsing I do or had collapsed? Very clearly, because um, we we're having a lovely family event in Boston in America. No way. My mum was 75 and my two sisters and myself had taken her to Boston as her birthday present. She got cousins there and so on. And we were in our lovely apartment in Boston and we had the news on 
and one of my bosses at my former work phoned me to say about Lehman's and there was a Lehman's office just down the street just no a branch and we held Lehman's bonds at the time so it was major it was Aww. a major event so there for a lovely family birthday and then all of this crisis going on so I had to phone a few clients I was going to say were you just on the phone yeah, yeah. damage control absolutely and that's Gosh. the thing to do you can't ignore it mm. um, and I couldn't have a play on my mind completely if mm. I didn't contact some clients and yeah. it's quite scary but I've almost got a photographic memory of clients portfolio so I almost knew exactly wow that's quite handy corporate bonds so I knew who to phone um, and I was able to phone the office back in and yeah um, and this was while you were at Charles Stanley Edward Jones Edward Jones yeah wow so um, yeah it was quite a scary time definitely. yeah and lessons learned held you in good stead for everything we've absolutely kind of had and it, it taught me at the time and I think I did it as a practice anyway just to um, be in touch with clients. If it's good news and you're telling them their portfolio has gone up 8-10%, that's fine. But you also have to contact them for the bad news mm-hmm. and just keep in touch. And they are so grateful for that because they hear the same news on the television that we hear and they're worrying about it. And I pick up the phone and say, no, it's fine, your, your holdings yeah. are fine or we've made provision or you have a balanced portfolio or whatever it might be. And just reassuring them. And I think that is so important just to keep in touch with the clients and mm-hmm. give them what they need to hear at times of crisis yeah absolutely because we're all delighted to give them the good news when there's good news <laughs> yeah. there but you've got to take the rough news. with the smooth absolutely. as they always say is that yeah. caveat that always comes with uh, investments they can go down as well as up <laughs> exactly. we touched on um female mentors earlier but just throughout your career i wondered uh, if there's been anyone that's been particularly inspiring or influential that's i don't know really helped you um probably the most influential people early days of my parents because they just brought me up with such good values mm-hmm. of you know being honest being truthful working hard just doing the right thing for people and I just do that without even thinking about it yeah and the only time you become aware of that is if you work with somebody or you see somebody else who doesn't do that and then you see oh, yeah things could be done a little better so I think I have to thank my parents for an awful lot of yeah. those values um, and then along the way you just meet very trustworthy just lovely people that you think you know you don't have to be rich and famous or anything to to learn from ordinary people like ordinary people teach us so many good values mm. um, and then I've had a few clients um, in particular that have kind of alternative investment strategies and investment ideas and they're inspirational because one lady an older lady she said I just don't want funds I don't want corporate funds Please just give me interesting racy investments. And she was like that. That's fantastic. She died at 85 and she only wanted an AIM portfolio. Great. And she did so well. She was my best performing Grab client. the bull by the horns, as Absolutely. they say. She sounds fab. And just a, a great character as well. Yeah. Great uh, so things like that. You know, it's, it's just these experiences, almost day-to-day experiences. Yeah. Great people. Actually, it's, yeah, you kind of take the, the beauty out of every day and think, yeah, well, that's... Exactly. That is inspiring in itself. Yeah. Well, we've just got back to Blythwood Square. Do you find um, the markets fairly addictive? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that. I so easily switch off from work. Totally switch off. I can not look at my market information on the way into work in the morning. When I go home in the evening, I don't look at Done. it. When I'm on holidays, never. Totally 
absolutely delighted to be blissfully away from it. I completely applaud that. I think it's so unhealthy to be addicted yeah. because you can't do anything about it when you're at home. You can't do yeah. anything about it when you're on holidays, and it just detracts from your downtime. Yeah, completely. Yeah. No, I love just switching off completely. It's the horror of everybody in the industry. <laughs> I was going to say a lot of people listening to this will um, they should take note and learn learn by your example. Yeah, just switch off, chill out. You don't have downtime. Have hobbies and interests away from work and I think so, yeah. do things with your family. People have so little family time that mm. you need to just you know, switch off from work. It'll still be there tomorrow. Exactly. Yeah, weeks roll around, don't they? Well, Mary, thank you so much for very walking and talking with us today. We're just, yeah, looping back around Blythe Square, back to the office. Have you got much sure. on for the rest of the day? I have um, a media client towards the end of the day, so I'm leaving work early. And I'm always looking at... What's moving in the market? What yep. to sell? What to buy? Yeah, it's constant. It's every day. But it's most of my clients are discretionary clients, so I just manage. Yeah, that quite nicely and a few advisories. Yeah, and um, so it works out. Yeah, nice and orderly.